Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Hello, you've made it past Wednesday, which means the end of the week is in sight. And of course, that also means Premier League action is on the horizon. But no shortage of football to take in this week. Troubled West Ham took on league leaders Liverpool last night and a League Cup semi-final to boot. It was a Manchester derby as well. It was also a wild Wednesday in the transfer window. After what's felt like a drab January so far for comings and goings, things absolutely exploded into life. Loads of signings, so we'll be talking about that. But seeing as it is the morning after the night before, why not get two Manks in the studio? We have the blue and a red respectively but I think they get along alright we've got Adam Brown and Joe McGrath hello, hello. you're alright right, you're okay I'm very well I'm now welcome to Premier League update for Thursday here on Football Social Daily the only daily Premier League podcast and let's get started by talking about the Manchester derby albeit we said on yesterday's show boys there wasn't really a buzz around the city there wasn't really a vibe like normally in the Premier League fixtures between City and United there's a bit of build up a few days mm-hmm. people are asking questions and going oh you know you're going to the derby at the weekend what pub you're watching it in sort of thing Absolutely no atmosphere or vibe around this game. No, we said that. I mean, I, you know, the radio show that me and Joe do together, we were talking about that, and we said normally with the, you know, with the derbies, you know, historically they have the big rivalry, they have you know people doing little jibes at each other. <laughs> but even even in the Premier League, to an extent, there's not really been that buzz in the last sort of four or five fixtures, just because I feel like yeah. everyone's kind of accepted that the golfing quality of the squad, City are so much far sure. more, you know, I'm not just saying that's a City fan, but they're so much further ahead than United. So, yeah, the buzz even approaching last night's game was probably lessened due to the fact that City had the two-goal cushion going mm-hmm. into it, so that mm-hmm. probably did play a part, but uh, was there a bit of an acceptance on United's side that pff, it's such a uphill struggle? Is there going to be any point? I don't know, Joe. How did you feel about it? Yeah, it was a weird one because obviously you look at the uh, look at what was happening, and you just assume that you know it's going to be pretty straightforward for City to carry on um, steamrolling a, a very poor United side. Uh, and I did see the attacking lineup from City for wow. And the first half an hour of that football game was one of the most one-sided football games I've ever seen. <laughs> it was it was one of the craziest half an hours of football. Same as the first leg where they yeah. bashed United yeah. for the first David half. David De Gea, man, he had some worldy saves yesterday, but it looked like Lindelof and McGuire. It kind of like they were enjoying it, you know. It was a bit of an yeah. let's have it. That was probably uh, one of the the games I look back on and remember the absolute battering they got. Mm. But again, no goals were put in the back of the net. So the the as as further as the game went on, there was something about United's team that just looked like maybe there was a little glimpse of hope, uh, and that came from. Um, 
uh, a Matic. It was a good would, finish. It was a good was. finish. You will never put it on. I mean, when I when we signed Matic, there was a uh, there was flashbacks to the FA Cup. Do you remember Chelsea's FA Cup win, where he scored the absolute yeah. crack yeah. at yeah. what a goal. And that I was. thought this yeah. is the guy we're bringing into the, to the squad. Not only can he move the ball well, but he can also you know take the ball outside the box and uh, and have a dig. And he could score some worldies. We haven't seen that at all from the man. <laughs> I love we haven't that. seen much from the man. But that one goal yesterday was like, all right, okay. And then he goes and ruins it by getting sent off. It's yeah. happened so many times, isn't it, where you sign a player and then they score an absolute banger in pre-season. You go, this guy is going to yeah. be mustard and he turns out to be absolutely crap. I know. It, <laughs> it happens was, so often. It, it was crazy. But that, the, I think the one goal really added to, to the game and to the uh, the overall sort of importance of uh, of that derby because then it started to come become a bit more like a derby. Um, unfortunately, obviously, it doesn't didn't work out in the end. There's mistakes from yep. um, United. I mean, you got the 89th minute, United get a free kick and upstairs. What was that about? And yeah. you've got Juan Mata, who, who's been in a good bit of form, I'd say, and he's also one of our best free kick takers, and he allows Fred to take it. Now, I don't know if it's like who's really in charge of that Man United squad, but Fred, being Fred, hits the wall, uh, and uh, all that tension, that build-up, that sky cut into the crowd, and yeah. people with their hands over their eyes, and they don't want to know what's going on, is this going to be the moment? <laughs> going to the and then he levered it, and it bang, and I've shot it at a United player as well. It was sh- oh, you know what? As, as a City fan, when that happened, yeah. normally, if there's someone who's good at free kicks, you get nervous, no, don't Rashford you? Think, whatever, yeah, yeah, you know, you think, you think, oh God, this is a chance, but for, honestly, when I saw it, it was between Fred and Pereira, I thought, we're all right, we're, all right. Yeah, we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Genuinely, right. I wasn't even that nervous. I thought I'd be more shocked. I'd be absolutely astounded if this goes yeah. in. But it was weird. I do think United showed a little bit of something they've not shown very often or they've shown in flashes yeah. all season. There's a little bit of grit and determination about them last night. Mm. That um, you know, I, 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 It was a different side to United I've seen. Mm. We saw a little bit of a different... You know, I haven't seen, you know, there's, a, there's a video going around at the minute of... Uh, Solskjaer yes. actually showing like he's looking Shouting a little bit Lingard, fired up. Yeah. yeah, so are we seeing a little bit more of this, you know, bit of a, a nastier side to United? I think they've liked that really. They've been a little bit too nice, haven't they, all season? Yeah, do you think there's a little bit of a, a lack of leadership there? Obviously, Ashley Young's gone this transfer window, Joe. Harry Maguire's been given the captain's armband now. Yeah. When you see that situation, you've got Fred stood over a free kick and, and you've got someone like, or you know, I don't know, Juan Mata or whatever, who's scored free kicks in the past. I think he's got the record for most free kick goals of any player still playing in the Premier League. And yet you've got Fred going, hang on a minute, Juan, I fancy this. Yeah. So is this is that just a bit of sort of camaraderie between your teammates? We go, well, if he fancies it, I trust him. Or is it yeah. you need your captain to go over there and go, hang on a sec, Fred, you've been yeah, good, yeah, but this guy's got more of a chance of scoring. You do need your captain to stand up and, uh, and you know, make sure there's a bit of knowledge about who's going to take that free kick. I do think yesterday was one of Maguire and Lindelof's finest games. Uh, yeah. uh, the they, they look like class. I said they look like they enjoy it Maguire was class he really stepped up to it and like I said I think, I think he got a buzz from the entire the entire fixture the only thing that would let him down and maybe it's because he's only been captain now for two weeks he's still getting to grips with the squad and he's still getting to grips with you know the squad might be just getting to grips with him as well and his decision making mm. it was it should have fallen onto him to or to, even Ollie, he's not too far away you could shout they can hear you Get matter to get on that ball. Um, something that didn't work well there. It, it was clearly a miscommunication, or that was the game plan. Fred was gonna take the free kicks, mm. and then you wonder, right, who's really watching Fred take free kicks in training? <laughs> and is he doing something absolutely unbelievable yeah. Yeah. in training that just doesn't come no, off? No, no wall into an <laughs> no open wall. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, I like the grittiness. I think our defence was the best thing about the United team yesterday. Uh, I think um, Maguire, Lindelof had a storming game. You've got uh, the Wamba Saka run till he couldn't run anymore. Mm. Although he does get a bit scared when he enters the uh, opposition's half, he doesn't really know what to do. It's, with it's it. mad to think that he used to be a winger, Wamba Saka. I know it is. He's such 
such a good defender that you think he almost gets scared when he gets up, up past the halfway line. Mm-hmm. I, I think Williams stood up as well and be counted for as well. He, he had a couple of moments on the ball where he showed confidence. I, I, I remember running into City's corner, there was a chance where he had the ball. And in this situation, especially... What I do as a player, I'd absolutely hoof that ball out. He was, getting, <laughs> he was getting a bit of pressure, sure. but he, he took the player on. He moved the ball to the side, and he found the pass. And you think Williams here? He's only a young lad. He's stepping into the game very well. He's finding space, and he's not doing a panicky defender. Takes confidence. Yeah, and to you do can that. go actually. Mm. All right. So the defence was the best thing about Manchester United yesterday. The the way they played, the tightness of them, the moving forward with the ball as well was mint. As soon as you start creeping up the pitch, that's where they are squad fall flat. I'm going to go in now on Lingard and I'm going to go in on Martial. Two of the poorest players we've got in our team and two of the poorest players' performance I've seen. Yeah, last night, them 90 minutes, Lingard got taken off. Martial was just so poor. The, the, the one thing that you always bring you back to is we signed a deal uh, to sign Martial and there's a clause on it that we have to pay more if that man wins the Ballon d'Or me rip that up and shove that contract somewhere else because that man is never winning the Ballon d'Or how we could even think that that, that talent was going to come from that because he just looks like he just couldn't be bothered you're a striker going into a game where you need two goals why not look up for it why not look like greedy and wanting it he just didn't know what to do with the ball and the shots that he did take were just flimsy and you look come on where's your finesse where's the Martial we know can score I think you know if he's that inconsistent then he doesn't belong in a squad that needs consistency we can't rely on someone who might have a good game we need to know someone's gonna have a good game at the minute Greenwood as well I feel sorry for him slightly because obviously he's still a young lad he's learning his trade and he's been thrown into the deep end you know against City but Martial for me Lingard goodbye I think Martial is a weird one because you know (laughs) Sometimes you see him playing, you think, "God, oh, this is it. This, this is what they bought him for." The yeah, potential. Yeah, he's been yeah. there. He's been there quite a few seasons now at United, mm. and he's never reached that potential. I know he's still relatively young, but I mean, I don't care how old he is. The money they're paying him, the money they paid for him as well. You know, it wasn't a, they didn't get him on a, a you know quite a low fee. They no. paid quite a bit of money to get him in initially. I think it was didn't around they? fifty million quid. That yeah, they paid. do you know what yeah. I mean? And then all these add-ons and, and things. It wasn't really a cheap option that they've, they've managed to bring in and, and, and you know and nurture and bring him through. He just for me, like you say, he doesn't seem to have that desire, that passion, and I don't know how long United fans will accept that really. If they get a good bid for him in the summer, I mean I don't know how much they wouldn't I don't think they'd make the money back at the minute no. or they might they might kind of get a little bit in that ballpark in terms of the fee. I'd just get rid of him and, and just go, listen, do we buy someone who we can who know is gonna score goals? There's no oh he's up for it this week and now he doesn't really look up for it and He's not going to really fire it. Just got to get someone. Look at look at, on the flip side. City, they've got Aguero there. I've not, there's not been a time as a City fan. Aguero's been at City for so long now that I've never seen him not up for a game. Oh, genuinely, Aguero, you know what you're going to get. He's he's absolutely ruthless. You know, non dead eye, isn't he? Yeah, completely. Yeah, Every game, you know he's up for it, and you know he's going to try and score a goal. And if he gets a chance. Nine times out of ten, he's going to put it away. Yeah. So you know, I think there, there's an issue. I think with United's defence, we were like Joe said, we're really good last night. I do feel for Maguire probably more than any of the United's players this season that he's not had anything in front of him to protect him. So he's been judged a lot in terms of lack of clean sheets and United conceding goals quite often in games, but. He's not had a great midfield in front of him to protect him. No. You know what I mean? Whereas you look at Van Dijk and people always make the comparison of Maguire and Van Dijk and oh, Van Dijk's so much better than him. And you know, There's an argument to say that, but he's got a much more solid, solid midfield. midfield in front mm. of him. A unit 
an 11 that you know is going to play week in, week out. So I do feel for Maguire, but I'll tell you what, he was a warrior last night and he was yeah. he was an absolute man mountain Lindelof last night. Lindelof put in a shift as well and there's been yeah. some questions over Lindelof's performance, but he, he put in a bit of a shift. Um, and I just think, you know, it could have easily been 6 7 nil. Just certain things. <laughs> that much, really? Yeah, honestly. The first just, 20 minutes. The first 20 minutes was unbelievable. And obviously, a couple of goals disallowed as well, City. Yeah. You know, true, so so true. it was. It could have been a whitewash. Something was just, you know, the football gods wanted to make the game a bit more interesting. And they, they did it. They managed to uh, put some unbelievable form into David De Gea. And they managed to get a, a real fight out of the defence. But again, City go on to the final. So that's all that matters. We've got it? problems at the back as well, I think. Yeah, well, I think Rodri played at the back last night, didn't he, for Manchester City? There's question marks over what Pep's going to do. We were speaking on yesterday's show, how is Pep going to set up? Got a two-guard advantage going into the second leg. Does he do a very unconventional Pep thing and just pack the defence out? Obviously, that didn't happen in the end. But like you say, there are issues there. I mean, we can go back as far as Vincent Kompany leaving, I think, and then Laporte gets injured and City are in this situation at the back. Fernandinho signed a new contract, so maybe a bit of alleviation there, but it must be quite concerning defensively. In terms of clean sheets, are you worried as a City fan? I I am worried about uh, as a City fan. I think that, for me, that's priority next season, to get someone who is going to play alongside Laporte week in, week out. Because you look at, I mean, John Stones, for me... (laughs) His head's Pep, gone. Yeah, yeah, and also mm. something's happened with him and Pep. There's, there's, there's an issue there that we're not really sure what it is. Pep Guardiola at first was very protective of Stones when he came in because obviously he was quite a, you know, he was a, he was a kind of an, an error-prone player, really. He mm. wasn't the finished article when we got no. him ever, and even though we paid £50 million for him, whatever it was, a ridiculous fee, but we got him and everyone was like, oh, he's a different kind of defender. He's a continental-style defender. He plays out from the back. He's a, he's a Guardiola-style defender. And I get all that. And he made a lot of mistakes early doors, and Guardiola really stuck his neck out for him and said, listen, I'd rather he make mistakes and play that way mm. than just hoof it out. And, you know, he's got to learn. But I don't think he's learned from the mistakes, Stones. That's the that's the problem. I think mm. there's got to be a cut-off point. I think Guardiola's reached that cut-off point with him now where he's gone, listen, it's not quite worked. I mean, last night he didn't pick him. Someone might, some might argue that he was resting him. I don't think he was. I think that the fact he's gone for, you know, obviously played Walker. He played like a kind of a back three. It was kind of a fluid kind of movement. He obviously had Cancelo in there, Otamendi. He's picked an Otamendi again. He's just, he's not the answer. I he's think not going to leave in the summer. To he's going to go in the mm, summer, definitely. Mm, mm. Laporte is the man for us, but we need someone, I don't know who it's going to be, but someone who, who's going to go there and play week in, week out alongside him. And we need a proper centre back pairing. We need it. We have to, that's got to be the, 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 the foundation we build the, the title challenge on next season. I think it's important we mentioned that there's so much unnecessary bickering between United and City fans. I know there's a rivalry, but there is a, a line, and that line often gets overstepped in these mm. games. We see all sorts of gestures. We've seen it in the last three or four Manchester derbies. It definitely went away for a while, but now it seems to have crept back in. You know, people making uh, Munich air disaster gestures. We've seen race, racial gestures. And this is from fans on both sides. I'm not saying one party is more guilty than the other, but we see a lot of it. And I'm just wondering whether, you know, you, you think this is something that, that can be stamped out because it seems to be younger and younger. The people I see in the crowd are doing it. They're yeah, very crazy, young people. Yeah. They're very young people. Yeah. It's I, terrible. I don't know why it's happening. I mean, I go back to uh, to derbies that meant so much more than this. I remember the uh, the derby 11-12 where Vincent Cumberland scored that header. Do you remember it was 1-0? Yeah, yeah. yeah. City mm. You know, after that, such a heated derby, United and City both going for the Premier League, you know, and after that game, there was not none of this. There was the, you know, I want to try to get 
get was this derby didn't mean much uh, last night. So why was this sort of the, why did so many of these gestures get made? Why did so many mm. you know horrible things happen inside that stadium? Why did fans rip up chairs? It didn't mean anything at the height of Manchester United City derbies the last ten years. You heard nothing about this. No, I don't know if they both were, the United fans and City fans are just bored of the football that they're playing or just because things aren't going their way they're throwing the toys out the pram because there's anger in United fans because of how the way United are at the minute and there's anger in City fans because obviously they're not going to go for the for the Premier League anymore I don't know if there's just anger amongst United and City fans but I was just thinking to myself when I remember the big old derby games that I love there was none of this so why is it creeping into the game now when it really doesn't mean too yeah, much I but I think zero tolerance on it I think and, and, yeah, and, and yeah, thing, yeah, because yeah. The thing is, it's not, and even what what can the argument back be? Oh well, we've paid the money; we can do what we want. No, you no, can't. No, you can't not, do what no, you want because you're offending people, and it's mm. and it's just it's just not. It doesn't add anything to it. It's just horrible behaviour. Doesn't <laughs> do you know what I mean? It doesn't have any place in in, in it. Doesn't enhance no. the the no. experience of being at a game. If anything, no. it just takes away from it. So zero zero tolerance, I think. And I think to be fair, the response from both clubs, even Guardiola himself, has actually come out and condemned the. Small, you know, the minority of people that were just idiots at the game. Yeah, and it was a very small minority yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah. We must say the majority of fans always seem to be well behaved at these sorts of things. But I thought we should mention it because, yeah, like we say, we should condemn that. Uh, moving on to the other game that happened last night in the Premier League: Liverpool versus West Ham. It was at the London Stadium, uh, a rearranged fixture because Liverpool had to compete in the Club World Cup in Qatar. Yeah. Um, West Ham lost the game by two goals to nil. Mohamed Salah broke his duck of not scoring a goal in a London game. For, for nine games in a row so that, that duck's been I'm broken. sure he was counting that I'm one sure he was, I'm sure he was really looking forward to scoring goals but these are the sort of um, statistics that Liverpool fans keep banding out there and I'm not taking away from what they've, they've achieved this season so far but it's you know the, the most amount of points accumulated at this stage of the season by yeah. any top five leagues in Europe but these aren't the sort of stats people remember at the end of the season no, do no, they they just remember who's won it and by how many points how many trophies you won at the end of the year which is this Liverpool team could be a really great team but I think that if they they start focusing on what they could win rather than what stats they've broken yeah. and records they've broken it might mean a bit more to them yeah. so we, we've won more throw-ins than United yeah, did in their yeah. 99 treble winning so I'm not bothered do you know what I mean no. <laughs> there's 70 points obviously 30 points off 100 which is the all-time Premier League high do you see them dropping they've got 16 games to do that as well yeah they got uh, yeah did you see them dropping nah they're going to do it they, they, could, uh, they could uh, they could get I just did the maths then they could get 112 points wow. that's what they could get at the minute yeah. I don't see I don't know if I see them dropping 12 points anywhere no. could they go past 100 I'd be absolutely Fuming if that happens. <laughs> I think they'll do it. I can only see. I don't. One at one. I don't think they're going to get beat all season in the Premier League. I think they're mm. going to go. And, I think they're going to go unbeaten. I really do. Who's going to beat them? The only hope is So, City so you can get fourteen to one odds on for them to go unbeaten for the rest. I, of the I think. I think they're going to do it. I don't think we'll beat them. I just. Is that I, I, still a thing? Put it this way. Wow. The, oh the, the near. Put it this way. I keep thinking about this. The, the more games they win, and obviously the less games they've got to actually sort of keep yeah. this. They're, not, they're going to go even harder on it. You know what I mean? They're going to if the closer they get to it, the less likely they are to let it slip. Sure. And, yeah. and there's less than for City. We already know the league's gone, mm. so it's not like there's you know there's, there's anything at stake. We know Liverpool won the nineteen league already. points Crazy. between the two teams. Crazy. I mean, are Liverpool really nineteen points better than Manchester City? Probably not. If you you know laid it down to the bare bones, but you can't deny that they've been an absolute juggernaut this season, yeah. Liverpool, and they did it again against the West Ham side who are in trouble. Jim Salveson, obviously a West Ham fan on, on Football Social Daily, was on the podcast yesterday and he is genuinely gravely concerned for the future of West Ham United because their financial report came out and they said if they get relegated, financially they're going to be in severe problems. Um, we see too much of this in the Premier League. What is it that you think 
is the issue at West Ham. We tried to put our finger on it yesterday. Is it simply the players they've brought in just aren't good enough? Is it? Is, does it boil down to as simple as that? Because Pellegrini couldn't seem to get a tune out of them. Moyes did for a couple of games, but yeah. you always get that when a new manager comes in and yeah. he can't quite seem to get a tune out of them. I know it was against Liverpool, so it's pretty much a write-off anyway, but there are issues at West Ham. What do you guys think that those issues are? Is it the personnel, the players that we see on the pitch there? I think, yeah, it's the, the, the personnel. Uh, and I think they just a bit of bite could be could be something that helps West Ham a bit more bite and a bit more looking to to not roll over in in games. Yesterday, just looking at the teams now, they played a uh, a five four one, and that just means come on Liverpool, have a go at us. And Liverpool did, it and they ripped them apart. Um, I, I, why? You, if you know you're going to get beat by a Liverpool side, if you really think you're going to get beat, that was their chance to do something. A, bit more dangerous, play a bit more of a higher line, because Liverpool are going to beat you, they're going to roll over because Liverpool are a great side, so why don't you just go, okay, if they are going to beat us, let's go out in style, let's try and beat them back, but no, let's roll over and take it, let's play five at the back, let's play one up top, and let's just clamp our midfield and see if we can stop them, but no, I, I want more bite from West Ham, and I think that's what what, what will... St- the, the relegated sides and the relegation battle always comes from is which um, team decides to bite back harder instead of just rolling mm. over and accepting mm. oh let's just take a draw here because it's in point no because the draws yeah they will add up over time but you need those three points to really keep you Absolutely. in the Premier League mm. so bite back harder and West Ham need to do something a bit more than just saying oh the Liverpool let's just take a 2-0 defeat no go for it mm. you've got nothing to lose obviously you exactly. if you think you've already got lost the game go uh, you might lose 4-5-0 but if you've lost the game go out and just try it because you never know you might get a, a fluky goal here or there. You Bit might luck, work yeah. something well, but don't roll over and take it. I think um, with West Ham, uh, I think it's a mixture of personnel and, uh, and management as well. But with personnel, I, I worry for West Ham because I'm looking at the table now. They're obviously level on points right down there with uh, Watford. And I mean, essentially, the, the second from bottom, really. Uh, yeah, there's uh, one goal in it in yeah, goal difference. So, yeah. But I think to myself, if you look at the other teams around there, so, uh, you know, Watford, uh, Bournemouth, and West Ham and even Villa to an extent, and probably a few more teams that could still be dragged into it yet. But you think to yourself, if West Ham go down, obviously financially it's going to be hugely you know, detrimental to them as a club, and you wonder about them being able to bounce back. But I think about the squad. I think they've got the kind of players that would just be picked, the squad would just be picked apart by yeah. the teams in the oh, Premier yeah, League. Yeah. You look at even the team last night, obviously Diop, he'd, he'd go, because yeah. he he'd been linked with Arsenal and whoever else. Um, you know, you look at other t- other other players that they've got there. And you just think they'd be taken straight away. Declan Rice, probably Aaron Cresswell might go to an, you know another Premier League team. Maybe Fabianski, uh, Antonio. So you've got, I'd say, the majority of their mm. Felipe Anderson. There's yeah, loads. Yeah, yeah there's Lanzini loads, yeah. maybe he might go back to you know um, he might go to Italy or whatever. But then you look at that and you think, well, Watford if they went down, Decore might be picked up by a team. Maybe Will Hughes, you know, Troy Deeney possibly. But, you know, Villa, maybe Grealish, but not as many of the the, the players. I, I don't. Think, I don't think they lose as many of the squad. So therefore, you'd think that other teams would have a better chance of getting back up. With West Ham, if they lose, say, you know, half of their starting eleven. It's going to be a struggle. I think it'll be a struggle for them to get back up. I do worry for them, but I don't know what the answer is. And whether David Moyes is the answer, I'm not entirely convinced. They've just got to try and stay up. Their fixtures are horrendous. They've got Liverpool again in two weeks. Yeah, They've got Brighton City. to play as well. City, Arsenal, Chelsea. They've got all the teams to play. And it looks like it could be a real tough run for, for West Ham. Um, I just think that the bottom of the Premier League this year has actually been probably, I don't want to say more exciting than the top because they've played some very exciting football, Liverpool and, and Manchester City and Leicester and the top four battle is also quite interesting. But down the bottom of the table there, there's so many teams. I mean, there's like a mini league that's broken out. I think 
what you know the teams on 25 points and then there's a gap to Newcastle on 30 points and I think that that bottom half of the table is going to be really exciting come the yeah. end of the season do you still think it's that 40 point mark that makes you safe I think it could be higher this season you think so yeah. I think I think it's interesting because I think there'll be teams that are safe on less than less than 40 points what do you think yeah I do I, I do and I know there's loads of games left but I just think everyone's beating everyone down there and it's there's no real I mean, Bournemouth were fine for ages, and then they've got sucked into it. Oh, here we and go. then Watford, the <laughs> yeah. the 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 and then Watford, it. Watford were done, doomed. Everyone wrote them off, yeah. and then they came back and overtook Norwich, and then they overtook Southampton, and then you know they came out of the relegation zone with Nigel Pearson. Then Southampton went on a run, and now they're all right by the looks of things. Yes, yeah, so you just know. you just don't know what's going to happen. Southampton, let me just spin your head here. Can I just spin your head? <laughs> Southampton are three points off United. Oh. <laughs> That's why I think the Premier might, League's yeah. mad this year. That's yeah. so close. Oh, it's absolutely wild. That Southampton with a win could even get. Oh, that's <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? When you start doing the maths, they've and gone you think, from if they the go... relegation zone to fifth. What an Crazy. awful season! But with West Ham, just uh, obviously the Liverpool game um, last night. Just a quick one, uh, Steve, who sometimes appears on this podcast, put out a tweet last night. <clears throat> And I thought, is he fishing it? Is he trying to troll people? He made a claim, which I can't believe. He thought that Joe Gomez is the second best centre-back in the Premier League. <laughs> right. was, that, was that on form? Is he talking about no, it on no, form he's, he's, just in general? He, I think he believes that he's the second best centre-back in the league. Okay, come on, give us a list. Give us a list uh, you know, I've got there. lists, mate. You oh, know I can on. make lists. I'm not agreeing with Steve. I just no. want your list. Uh, Maguire instantly. Yeah, okay. I can't even put Laporte. He's, Look, he's yeah. a joke off. I, I, I would have said Laporte immediately. I yeah. can't believe. So there's two. It. Right, okay. Yeah, let's, let's do. do. So All right, in, let's then. do. Well, and I'm trying to say Nathan Ake's better than him. Oh, okay. Let's say he's better than him. Of course he is. Ake, Rudiger, Rudiger's better than him at Chelsea. Um, not not backing me up on that one. <laughs> you tell me not, Joe Gomez. I think you stop now because Gomez is good. He's not played enough games, no, he's not mate. Not enough games. He was injured for ages as yeah, well. Scousers believe anything, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that'll do for the this first is, part. This of the is podcast. spoken about my two bitter Mancunians. Yeah, here. yeah. This has been the first part of Football Social Daily. Make sure you stay tuned because after us, we'll be talking about the January transfer window. Just a couple of days to go. One day, in fact, after the end of today, and there's been loads of action taking place in that January window. So we'll be talking about that next. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Football Social Daily from Sports Social. Make sure you hit subscribe and you'll never miss another episode of the show again. Seven days a week, including Premier League preview and review shows at the weekends as well to dissect all of the Premier League action that's taking place. I'm Niall. Alongside me, we've got Adam and Joe in the studio. We've been talking about the Manchester derby. We've been talking about West Ham against Liverpool. Now we're going to talk about the transfer window. It's been a bit tumbleweed for most of this month, but now all of a sudden over the last couple of days, things have burst into life. So let's talk about some of the big stories. We'll talk about players who have signed in a sec but first I want to talk about what emerged last night a rejected bid Everton for 100 million euros for Richarlison and you spoke before the break about spinning people's heads that (laughs) definitely spun a few people's heads last night that's it so what are we getting from this is it legit are we having it because there's no smoke without fire is there you never know but uh, clearly Ancelotti sees Richarlison as his ideal player going forward or he knows that maybe another big can come after this. They might even go a bit higher. So he doesn't know if he's playing the field there. I just I just don't know what Everton 
why they would say no. Does Ancelotti <laughs> not see other players that he could get with that money? Well, this is the, or is yeah. This what's is the, the deal, thing, right? So, so it's got to two days to go, and they've offered a massive amount of money to take him off your hands. If Everton sell their best player, are they going to find someone as good as Richarlison? I mean, it could spend an extra twenty million, spend one hundred and twenty million. But are they going to thrash? Are they going well to thrash a deal out in two days? Also, as well, then, and this is sort of stuff that once you get that hundred million pound in, other clubs know you've got that money to spend. Yeah. So then everything else becomes yeah. a bit more expensive for you. That's just no time for them to replace Richarlison. No. I think that's probably why they rejected. Him. I know what they'll do as well. They'll, uh, you know, Everton being the way they have been over the past couple of years in the transfer market, if they do. If they get a bigger bid, say it goes up to maybe hundred million or whatever, and they'll think, "Oh, we're going to buy Zaha," but they won't go. They won't get him because they don't want to go Everton. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The, 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 the standard of players that they can actually attract to Everton now, because let's face it, I mean Ancelotti's a, he's a, he's a good draw for, for players, but they've not been great this season. And and what are they actually no. building? I don't know if they're going to a new stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be able to get anyone of the level, even probably of Richarlison. I don't think. And and if they do, they'll be, be paying over the odds because yeah. that's too much for him, really. I uh, think. And we spoke about the battle down the bottom as well. Everton are by no means out of the relegation yeah. battle. Not not with the form that they've shown this season. And so. if they lose him. Who's to say they couldn't get dragged back into it? Exactly. So uh, a real fascinating one. So we have to watch with uh, eagle eyes as to how that one pans out. Richarlison, eighty-five million pounds, hundred million euros rejected. Barcelona want him. Very, very interesting indeed. Wow. What about Manchester United? We spoke about them at the top of the show. Bruno Fernandez. The deal's finally been confirmed in quote marks because he's not actually through the door yet. Bruno no, Fernandez. He's no. not done. He's not done a medical, and he's not agreed personal terms. The chances of him failing a medical are very, uh, no. very small. Well, who's ever failed a medical? George Boyd did. At, no, uh, due to his eyes, they did an eye test, and he, he they they reckon he couldn't see well enough, so they didn't. No. Wow, I don't think it was Bernie. It was someone else. George, right. Well, hopefully he's got good eyesight. Um, but I think judging by some of his Instagram pro- posts and seeing the see him touch down in Manchester, result like there's about eight of his family members yeah. there. You, you hope he passes the medical. Yeah. Don't you? And Rashford's already put the tweet out saying welcome Bruno yeah so, you know I mean that's it. I think personal <laughs> deals are going to be accepted I think he knows he's in for a good, a bit, good bit of a pay rise and uh, yeah he, he'll, he'll look very happy coming off the plate I don't know why he's so buzzing I mean going to <laughs> failing United side obviously the money's good and maybe he's just excited for the new opportunity you know, he can't wait to play alongside Pereira clearly that's yeah. what he's excited about yeah and he's heard some of the restaurants in town are alright so he's excited yeah. for the bit of a change there but um, hopefully he you know, he could be ready for the next game, next United game. Mm. It'd be exciting to see him. His uh, record's brilliant, by the way. His even, record is good. Even his goal-scoring record's class. For, you know, like, for a midfielder, he yeah. like 30 goals or something. Yeah, in 80-something games. Yeah. He's, really, he's good. I mean, he's come with, he's come with a lot of hype, isn't he? Yeah. You know, for ages, it's United fans have been it's saying... It's taken he, two transfer windows yeah. to get him here, so... If he is a flop, is that going to make it even worse? Because the wait has been so long for him to arrive. We'll just add it to the flop list. But, but, but also, <laughs> got a flop but list also United. he's been the player that I'd say a lot of United fans have been screaming out for. They've been saying... Yeah, creation. Yeah, he's, he's the one, you know, if we get him, it's going to be great. He's what we need in our midfield. So actually, now they've actually took the time, but now they've gone and got him, or in theory they're going to get him, you know, it's... They've sort of answered the prayers of the United fans of the player they wanted. You know, sometimes they brought in players that, you know, a bit of a head scratcher here and there was, you know, why have we brought him? Why have we got another, why have we brought him in? We don't need, we need another midfielder. Why have we brought another defender in or whatever? But this seems to be the sign in that everyone's wanted mm. and now it's happened. I mean, I, I, I personally think it could be a great signing. If, if we see, if he brings the level that he's brought uh, at Sporting to United, 
it would be brilliant. And let's face it, the midfield can't get any worse, can it? No one knows he'll be a... He'd just be like a lead balloon. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> no, you know, I, I think he wants to play for United. And you know what? The people that Ollie have brought in, you can't say that none of them actually want to play for United. He's got... Uh, Daniel James, you say what you want, but he's still running his legs off. He might not be the, the best player in the world. Wan-Bissaka's given everything. Williams is giving everything. I know he was, wasn't a signing. He was a new player. You've got Maguire, who's got the fight in him. And, he, uh, you know, hopefully he just gets better and better in time. You know, it's, it's certain players that Ollie doesn't have any, you know, much. Yeah, Lingard, he didn't bring them in, but he's got to use them, yeah. he? I'd say this, all United need now is a person to score goals. And I say this all the time. So we get rid of Martial and get someone who's going to be Get rid of Martial, proper... get rid of Lingard, don't get Sanchez. What about anyway. Lukaku? The club. Lukaku, seeing you bit, he's gone. <laughs> you, need, you need a striker who can do it in the Premier League. Go spend who's some money on him. Is there anyone that springs to mind immediately? That's the thing, no one's scoring that amount of goals in the Premier League. I wouldn't mind sweeping someone from Arsenal. Oh, oh, oh you know what I'm doing in a Bamiyang, like, like a Van Persie like, too. Yeah, like yeah. a Van Persie <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Helping us battle just, for fifth. Yeah, <laughs> battle know. for fifth. Helping battle us just fifth. you know over the cracks to, to, for a couple of seasons. Yeah, I still I said this to you. I, I still take Vardy for a season or two. Would you? Yeah, really? even at his put age. The, put, uh, put the ball in the back. It, oh yeah, 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 let's just play Lingard, who's 27 and absolutely shocking. Yeah, I, I think Martial doesn't even know where the goal is I mean there's, there's probably a couple of strikers who might be on the move in, in, in the next window obviously uh, you know everyone's talking about Werner it, he Timo might end, yeah. yeah he might end up going somewhere um, I mean he, he, he's the, the the more he scores the, the higher the price he's going to be yeah. but well Edinson Cavani at PSG he's obviously into his 30s and he's yeah. getting on a bit but he's also said he wants to leave the club he definitely wants to leave Paris so he's an option Scored plenty of goals in Europe. I wouldn't in the mind Champions just League. getting someone in who scores goals. Do you think he'd be, some... like, he'd be like a Falcao too? I reckon in yeah. a way. Oh, Do you know what I mean? I he could be Ibrahimovic. He was all right. Uh, United. Well, he scored goals. United, yeah. you know. I love Zlatan. Still yeah. 38. Still knocking him in for AC Milan. Fair yeah. play to him. Even though his statue got destroyed in his home t- land of Sweden, <laughs> which is quite sad to see. Yeah, Cut, so sawn off at the ankles. Savage. Absolutely savage. What about Tottenham Hotspur? Jose Mourinho has made a couple of signings. He's also let Christian Eriksen go to Inter Milan. £17.5 million. Six months left of a contract. I suppose that's all they could have got for him, but they've reinvested some of that money in a young forward, a 21-year-old from PSV Eindhoven called Steven Bergwijn, who's actually a Dutch international. So, again, it's very much a wait and see on that one, but... They also signed Gia Celso on a permanent contract, so Spurs have been busy in the January transfer window. Yeah, you just wonder if maybe the, the guys brought in from PSV, if they can maybe play him down the middle a little bit as well, because obviously I think that's where they've been lacking. Um, no Kane for yeah, a while. Yeah, you know, I think that they've kind of been struggling along playing wingers up front. You know, obviously Lucas Moura has been playing there a lot, and Son's obviously deputised for Kane quite a bit when he's been injured previously. So mm. I think he's some, from what I've, what I've heard, this guy from PSV looks like it could be a pretty good signing. I, heard, I don't know if it's been confirmed, now, but I heard that Danny Rose is meant to have gone out on loan to Newcastle. Oh, I'm not sure about that. No, I don't I, know. I, about I, was, that one. I was hearing Kyle Walker Peters has definitely gone alone to Southampton. But yeah. I've, heard, I've heard rumours. It was pretty late last night that I heard it that um, Danny Rose was looking like uh, he was going to go to Newcastle because they've got injuries to Dummett and Villems. Villems yeah. Out, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a weird one. Isn't it? Danny Rose, I think he was. Uh, well, he said he wants to leave the club as well. At the end of his 18 month contract, when that expires, he says he's going to leave Tottenham. So. There is a regeneration process happening there. I mean, Ericsson leaving for them is obviously a, a big blow, but I think everyone saw it coming. I think Tottenham fans have come to grips with that already. Yeah, which I mean, is even Mourinho, he's not even you know he's he's on the bench most of the time for the past sort of you know six to eight games. He wasn't even starting him a lot of the time. So I think he'd already adapted for life without him, and I think the fans had to an extent as well. Mm. I mean, what do you do? Do you, do you just play him for this last part of the the uh, season, knowing that his heart's probably not going to be in it? 
he's basically just trying to find himself a new club mm. in the summer. Mm. What do you do? Or do you just think, well, actually, he's not going to be here next season. So let's play someone who wants to play and he's going to be here next season to, to build and hopefully mm. take that momentum into next year. Finally, I think Arsenal have signed two centre-backs. They've signed Pablo Mari from Flamengo, Brazilian club. And they've also signed on loan from Southampton, Cedric Suarez. Uh, so yeah. that's a five million pound loan fee um, to take him for for a, well not that's even crazy, not man. even six months, but that's how it works now in the Premier League. He's paying kind of, their wages. Can, uh, I think I think the yeah I Arsenal. think the club yeah, but wow, it's it's like way. almost almost like a try before you buy, isn't it? That's the way it works <laughs> nowadays. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you don't fancy him, you can send him back, and you've paid half the money. It's like Netflix; you can cancel one if you want. Yeah, yeah, you know, do you, you think, do you think that months, might so. become a thing? Like, do you know when you get a car on finance, seven ninety nine a month for a Do you get players on finance? That won't be bad. Installments, you get that installments. Like Arsenal paid what was it seventy two million for Nicola Pepe? They're paying that. Installments, yeah, so. I'd be, uh, be cancelling that direct debit ace. That would you yeah. <laughs> get on the phone to customer yeah, service? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I've changed my card. Yeah, <laughs> details. Um, anyway, thanks very much for, for featuring on the podcast, guys. Ooh. Before we go, a nice review to feature because it's a five star review oh, wow. and it comes from Matt Sargent uh, on Apple Podcasts in Great Britain. Thanks very much, Matt. He says, I listen to this podcast every day, really helps me get through the working week. In all honesty, I'm only leaving a review with the hope of it being read out on the show. But I genuinely enjoy the podcast and I'd recommend it to any fan of the Premier League. Cheers. Cheers, Matt. Oh, Thanks nice one, Matt. Cheers, Matt. Good man. Good man, Matt. You got your shout out and uh, you left a nice five-star review. So you can do the same however you listen to your podcast, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe as well, whatever it may be, and you'll get the next episode of the podcast straight into your inbox. Thanks very much, gentlemen. Bye. I've been Niall. Cheers, we'll be back Niall. again tomorrow. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode.